0: of Jesus' words to us from Matthew, the 22nd chapter. This is an echo of the value that Sam just read for us. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the commandment in the law that is the greatest? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, this is the greatest and the first commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so glad to be together with you today. I don't know about you, but this past week, this past two weeks, have been very hard. (laughs) Haven't they? Maybe not in your world, but it seems that in our country and in our conversations together, it's been hard hard conversations. And so I really needed to see you today. I needed to be in church. I needed that grace and that peace because I have been so weary. And honestly, I've been hungry. Have you been hungry like I have been hungry? Hungry for finding new ways to talk to one another. (laughs) Hungry for understanding the difficult, difficult ways of different things that we're trying to sort out together as a nation. And I feel like at the end of the day that we're disconnected right now, truly disconnected from the word love. (laughs) I don't know what that means right now, it seems so challenging. And it doesn't take a genius to see that fully on display with the news around our Supreme Court nomination stuff. I can't escape it, can you? It's right in our face all the time, this news and the news and the news. And it seems to be uncovering other issues that don't even have to deal with a Supreme Court nomination. And so I get hungry. I get hungry to know What are the young women and young men of our community thinking about all of this? How will I learn to talk to my own daughters about this note of history that is going on when young girls or young boys or adult men and adult women come forward with hard stories about things that have happened in their past? How do we even have adult conversations about our most intimate relationships, about sex and money and power? What does it mean to be a man in this day and age and to own that? What does it mean to be a woman? And how do I even talk to my daughters that if God forbid a date should go wrong or bad, that they would be able to come and tell me about it? What language would they even use to say, dad? Something happened and I'm scared. What do we do, church? That's why I needed to see you today. Because I need that grace and that peace, too, when I feel like there's no avenues for healing, that we're so disconnected from the word love. And in fact, all maybe we've learned is that at the center of our lives is shame. Shame about the things we thought we could talk about. Seems for the things that we, now nah, we don't need to talk about this. We're just going to let it go. We don't know how to talk about this. <laughs> it's so painful, right? But friends, our kids are watching. Our community is watching. What will we tell them? And so I'm hungry for us to love God and to love our neighbor, but I don't even know what love means right now when it feels like it's been smashed like a million pieces in a mirror. So what do we do? This past week, Pastor Jeff reminded us that as this church, Bethlehem Lutheran, that we believe that Jesus is the center the center of our reading of the Bible, the center of how we treat our neighbors, the center for how we make budget decisions. And if Jesus is the center, then that means that Jesus is the center of how we read the Bible. And so... He shapes our words. Jesus' words, they take precedence over other words even in the Bible. If Jesus is the center, then how we treat our neighbors is not to throw more stones. It's to get down in the dirt with our neighbors and ask them, how can I wash your feet? If Jesus is the center of our budget, well, that means that giving is an expression of love for our neighbor. It's saying, things don't own us. If Jesus is the center, if, and many days, at least for me, it doesn't feel like Jesus is the center. <laughs> There's lots of other things that seem to be the center. And so when Jesus comes and says, I have come that you may have life, <laughs> I say busy. <laughs> I'm busy, Jesus. Jesus. That's nice, but I'm not really interested. And so when Pastor Jeff laid out that first value, Jesus is the center, he also reminded us that Jesus is choosy. Choosy. You. You. Follow me. Right? Jesus talked directly to people and invited them to follow him, which is such, such great, great news. You didn't choose me, Jesus says. I chose you. That's great news, (laughs) especially after this past week. So how do these values help us make sense of all this crazy world? Well, let me ask you, in this past week, what were you not so choosy about? Maybe about what you ate? (laughs) Maybe about how you spent some time Were you not so choosy about who you went out on a date with? Were you not so choosy about what? Our hearts are fickle with God. I know it sounds a little weird, but it's how we're wired. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins full stop. (laughs) That's the promise. We are people who are not so choosy about whatever sin comes our way, but we are people who dare to believe, who dare to hope and to trust in a God who is very choosy about forgiving people. We believe in a God who sends Jesus to be the center of all, of this messiness all of this messiness all of our messiness and says i am there too this jesus crucified and risen for the forgiveness of sins is such good news because it sets us free to love our neighbors as ourselves that's why i'm also in a lutheran church because we are radically honest about our inability to love God, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I can't. Look at me last week. (laughs) Look at us. Lutherans do not walk around saying, well, I'm just going to try a little bit harder next week. Here we go. A few more cups of coffee. This is going to get better. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm going to need to be back here with you next Sunday, to hear this good news from someone else to tell me that I have been forgiven and that there is grace for that in this world. I will need to hear that too. Because I'm going to be winding up disconnected from God and from my neighbor Friends, there is nothing you can do to love God any more than God loves you at this moment right now. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16. And God has chosen Jesus to be a way when we feel lost, a truth when we feel like there is lies or that we're being lied to, and a life when we feel like there is no life happening here. Jesus chooses death and resurrection and then says, All I have is yours. It's all yours. So in this passage from Matthew, notice again and again, Jesus' harshest and most challenging words are for the really religious people who try to say, Whoa, well, what's the most important rule we got to follow, Jesus? He keeps it so simple. Notice Jesus doesn't shout down at people who are a widow or an hourly employee or a worried farmer or an entrepreneur or a college student. No, Jesus is always speaking to those with privilege and power. And he says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so in comes Jesus who connects loving God and loving neighbor and says, you can't take them apart. They're all together as one for how we live our lives. So even when we feel like we can't love God, God already loves us. God already loves us. Before we feel like we gotta get busy doing work for Jesus this coming week, Jesus has already done what we cannot. Scripture says, while we were still sinners, Christ dies for us while we were looking in the mirror, comparing ourselves to everybody that does not look like our body, while we were staring in the mirror and forgetting our neighbor who drives by, they may not even come in, who drives by this building and sees that big banner on the side that says, All are welcome. And they say, Yeah, right. If you knew my story, if you knew what had gone on in my life, if you knew my past, you would not want me in your church. Sometimes to love someone else, we have to walk in their shoes. We have to catch a glimpse of how God sees the world. And so how do we catch a glimpse of how God sees the world? Well, friends, just look across the street with me. One of our partner ministries is Lutheran Social Services, South Dakota. And what's that building across the street right over there? The New Beginning Center, there's a boy in there who lived there named Frank. New Beginning Center serves people, kids. Let me say that again. New Beginnings serves kids between the ages of 10 and 17 who have multiple issues going on. Whether it's from abuse and neglect or some sort of substance abuse issue. Multiple issues. And they're typically referred there by the justice system. So Frank had been spending some time there and the reason why he was there was, you know, he kind of grew up and what was normal at his house was not normal at maybe your house. Normal was he didn't really see his parents. They weren't really around. And so if he didn't see his parents, there really wasn't any food in the house. And so when him and his friends would go out and kind of hang out, whatever, they'd go to the store and they'd, friends would be buying snacks. Well, what did Frank do? He didn't have any money. Well, he'd steal some stuff, right? But he was... Hungry, <laughs> and so finally he gets picked up by the cops, and they take him, and they finally refer him over here, and so Frank moves in, and 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 uh, you know he's kind of going along, he's going with the program, this and that, and all of a sudden, the staff starts noticing there's food missing from the kitchen. There's food missing from the kitchen. And so as they, you know, go through all the kids' rooms, they start finding these little stockpiles of food in Frank's room. Why is Frank hoarding food in his room? And so they pull him aside and they say, hey, Frank, Frank, um, what are you doing, man? He, uh, nothing. I didn't take it. I didn't do anything. Right? And so after a while, they kept watching and listening and and observing Frank. And finally, Frank broke down and said, you know what? I'm I'm hungry. I'm worried I'm not going to get fed. And Frank, they said, hey, our partners over across the street, they said, Frank, at this place, we're going to give you three meals a day and snacks in between. And he's like, really? Awesome. And yet he still kept hoarding food. He still couldn't stop doing that. Why? What was disconnected in Frank that he didn't even feel like after he'd been told the truth that there wouldn't still be enough food? And so finally the staff got a little aha and they said, Hey Frank, I want you to always carry this orange with you at all times. Wherever you go in our building, I want you to always have an orange on you as a reminder that we're going to keep our promises to you, that you will always, always have enough to be fed. And then so when Frank leaves and ages out of the program, what do you think they gave him when he left the building but a whole bag of oranges? and that promise you will never ever go hungry friends you will never go hungry here was the message that our partners in ministry said to Frank and is that not what our values would say we as a church are about that coming to this church you will never go hungry here Because we love God and we love our neighbor, we're going to feed you on Wednesday night and we're going to feed you with the word of God and at the table. That is what we are about. This is who we are, that we believe everyone is made in the image of God. And if they're worth God's love, then they're worth our love as well. And so I am hungry, hungry to be a church where that is the case. Aren't you? I'm hungry to be that church where we love God and love our neighbor because it reminds us, don't forget Frank across the street. Don't forget the orange that you have in your hand. Don't forget that we are in this together to remind us of this incredible love of God. So Jesus gives us a glimpse that loving God, it involves our heart and our soul and our mind. And that if Jesus is the center, then our life is seeing our neighbors up close. Friends, may that be true for us as a church. And as we go into this coming week, and if you feel heavy, trust that Jesus will give you the eyes to see God at work in our world. Would you pray with me? God, we are hungry to have these values shape our life. Lord, in the midst of hurt and confusion in our national conversations, in our homes, or even in our own hearts, God, we ask that Jesus would speak into them, that he would remind us that when we love our neighbor, when we see our neighbor, Lord, it might just change the world because it has changed the heart of God. So open us in this coming week. Help us see you at work and help us see the image of God in those we see and those we know.